You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio today by Craig Burley. We'll kick things off with a big game in London. Spurs taking on West Ham, and it was deja vu, really, for Tottenham Hotspur fans, as once again they'd see their side take the lead, but unable to get across the line. It was Romero back from suspension who'd make it 1-0 early on in the first half. But then Bowen and then Ward-Prowse would capitalise on a couple of mistakes from the Spurs' defence that would see West Ham win by two goals to one. What that means is they currently sit fifth level on points with Manchester United. Frank LaBeouf is with us, as is former Tottenham uh, striker Jürgen how come, how, how come we never got Jürgen on when Tottenham were absolutely flying? I know, I know. That's... We wait for the sort of <laughs> the dip, the <laughs> little the honeymoon era. Some of the negative connotations that are maybe coming ah, their way. Uh, Jürgen, from a Spurs perspective, this was pretty much a carbon copy of what we've seen of late. Them taking the lead and then throwing it away. It must be f- so frustrating for Spurs. I think frustrating is the right word here because uh, they had it uh, in their own hands. They could have scored the second goal. Uh, even if it was a tie there after the 1-1, Richarlison had the big chance to make it 2-1. Um, and then it goes the other way. I mean, they, had, they dominated the entire game or at least uh, the first 17 minutes. And yeah, you've got to put it away and you've got to utilize your chances, the few chances you had. I think uh, David Moyes just showed uh, um, defensive masterpiece in a certain way. He kind of uh, <clears throat> was very resilient defensively. He didn't give any space uh, to, uh, to the Tottenham side, especially, you know, my player uh, Sonny uh, didn't have any opportunities really to, to get on the score sheet. Um, they made it very, very narrow in the middle, in front of the goal. It was almost no way to come through there. At the end, they were a little bit smarter Spurs. They came over the wings. They had a couple of uh, chances then from crosses. Um, but obviously, it's uh, hugely disappointing because uh, yeah, you start uh, slipping down a bit in the table of the league. You, you were in front a couple of weeks ago, and now you, you're down to fifth place. And, uh, and to be a realistic, I mean, the fight uh, for the Champions League Spots uh, is, is the highest priority for Spurs probably now. Crazy, Greg. Five last games they've taken the lead. And they've yet to register a win from that position. Yeah, but I think West Ham are one of the best at doing what they do. Uh, and it is a very frustrating style at times for some of their supporters. But it has been somewhat successful for David Moyes, a Europa Conference League win. Uh, you know, fighting up near the top four a year or two ago. Uh, Dipping league form, obviously, last year, but been better this year. But it, it, look, Tottenham are going to find this a lot, where sides just want to sit in and just want to frustrate them. And, and West Ham, it's what they do most weeks, so they're pretty good at it. Uh, and Tottenham needed that second goal, but you know, for me, this Spurs story is all going to come down to... And, and they are in a fight for top four. They've never, ever been in a fight for the Premier League this year. Even if they'd continued this form from the start of the season, I think there was always going to be these bumps in the road. And there's been a couple of big ones recently, but I think they're 
participation in fighting for the top four come April, it's going to come down to injuries. It really is going to come down to the injury situation for them, for big players. Madison, Van de Ven needs to come back. You know, in the midfield, they need, uh, they need the cavalry to come back in. Benton calls out again. We saw Basuma come back in. So if they don't get these guys back, they will have to spend in January, which as we know is not really the Tottenham way. So I think it boils down to if they are going to nick in there in fourth place or around about that, that spot, they're going to need to get these players back in the new year in Sharpish. Quite a forgiving tone that you have, given what they've done over the last month. You ask, see, this is a kind of, I don't understand this, this sort of angle. I don't. Tottenham finished eighth last year. Tottenham sold the best striker, arguably, in Europe at the start of the season. They had a new manager coming in who'd managed in Asia and managed in Scotland. They've played this amazing football. Anything they do this year, for me, is a bonus, right? Because the football's been good. Yeah. They're entertaining the supporters. They're entertaining the neutrals. And if they can push in some cup competitions and get near that top four, that for me is a step up. Then, in my opinion, next year, when he's had 12 months with his feet under the table, we can really look at where he's going to take this team. It's a little bit early, I think, to be judging, you know, this squad, this manager, uh, at this moment in time and saying, oh, they should be in there with, uh, you know, Aston Villa. They should be in there with, with up there with, doing what Newcastle have done, getting to the cup final. They should be doing this, they should be doing that. I, I, I think that's a little bit in its infancy, if I'm being quite honest. Now, if we're sat here in 12 months' time and they're struggling and they're still giving away leads and they're still very open and he's not fixed it, that's that, that probably going to be a different conversation. But for me at this moment in time, it's just a work in progress. Uh, Frank, let's talk about some of the incidents in the game, in particular of what proved to be the winner. Should your goalkeeper be doing better there? Uh, well, the the, the 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 Vicario when he when he saves well, yeah, he could have kept it. I think he, he made the decision. He didn't want to take any risks. He, he, he thought that he's one of his defenders going to get the ball back, and that's his decision. That was obviously a wrong one. But uh, you know, it is what it is. I think for me, it's a real robbery from uh, from the Hammers, and, uh, and there's nothing shameful about it. But you cannot say that West Ham deserves to win. Not even to to draw is the way they play. They were very fortunate on the first goal. I mean that's absolutely crazy. Even the second goal, they hit the post and it comes back to uh, to uh, to uh, to, um, to the player. Pass. So uh, I, I wouldn't say that I'm impressed by by what West Ham did. I'm kind of disappointed the way that Tottenham played the, the second half, where they were very in the middle of the park and they don't try to go a little bit wide. But we have to talk about Kufal handball as well. I mean, just before uh, West Ham uh, uh, first goal, there is a handball, and we clearly see Kufal moving his uh, his arm to make it bigger. It's not like Zuma. Zuma, when he touches uh, his head, is higher. But Kufal, you can see that his arm is moving, and you can see no. Oh, you see, it's moving for me, and I don't know. There is a discussion if. The first fans of Spurs says no, Jürgen, I, I, I will go with him. But otherwise, there is a discussion. 
Frank, you find a penalty out of nowhere every time. There should be a penalty, there should be a red card somewhere in We this. were doing a game the other day, and I can't remember where it was, but Pete Van Leer was producing, yes. and, and something happened, and I said to Pete, do not text Frank. <laughs> Don't even ask the question. Uh, no penalty. Uh, Jürgen, no Why penalty, no. Shut up, Frank, you've had your say. Jürgen, no penalty, no. Just say okay. no, we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say no, yeah. Perfect, good, right, right, there and move we go. On. And move on. Uh, Jürgen, overall, obviously, Ange Postacoglu has, has won a lot of fans, despite this recent run of form, given what he's come in and done to Spurs. How difficult is it to achieve what he's done in such a short period of time for a team that looked so dishevelled and so unwatchable last season? I think it's remarkable, absolutely remarkable, what he did in these couple of months. And it's, uh, that's why it's so frustrating today with that result, uh, dominating the entire game. You should have put it away. You know, should have scored a second goal. And now, you know, they lose this game and, and they, they slip in the, in the table of the league. But uh, what Ange has done over the last few months is, uh, is wonderful. And he should continue to do that. But obviously, you have to also, certain games you have to grind out. Certain games you have to find ways against uh, uh, oppositions that stay so deep, like it happened today with West Ham that you have some sort of cards in your pocket to play. Like, you know, at the very end, they try to come more over the wings. They doubled on the sides. They cut a couple of good crosses in. I think the cross to Richarlison is probably the best example. Um, so to create then, uh, chances and put these type of games away, this is really, really important because obviously the confidence always goes with wins. When you have uh, uh, positive results, confidence is high. And uh, everybody's happy, you know. If uh, the results are not coming in, uh, in a few weeks, nobody cares anymore about the fact that you had 75% possession today against West Ham. So, but uh, overall, I really, really like his style. I like his way he's doing things. He's a great communicator. He seems to have a good energy there. Um, but you've got to keep the, the results going and uh, hopefully they're coming back. I think what we're going to see with Poster Cog, and I think one of the things as we're Tottenham is that, you know, if you're a Tottenham fan, you go to a game with hope, with expectation that you're going to play attacking football, which they are now, but with hope you're going to uh, get this result that maybe you wouldn't have thought of. And I don't mean West Ham at home. I'm talking about City away when you're depleted. Mm. You know, this would have been a white flag 12 months ago, but they go up there and they go, you know what, we get beat 6-0, we get beat 6-0, but we're going for it. And, uh, and I think that's what they're going to get. I think one of the things we're talking about is, and I think Daniel Levy will be quite pleased with this, is that... I think Postacoglu has shown, uh, and it's not the same as Celtic, but he went into Celtic and he, went, he, he bought players from a market that people were going, well, this, who's he buying here? You know, some of these Japanese lads and some of the guys that are, people hadn't heard of, and they all come in and they're really, really good players and they can do a job. And I think they might go back into that market where they're not paying 60 or 70 million for players. They are going after guys that they might get for 10 or 15 million and it will raise a few eyebrows but but I think ultimately he knows uh, he's, a, he's very astute at picking people and he has been over the years who are under the radar and we all know Daniel Levy likes a little bit of that because they cost less uh, but that's kind of the way it works and I think that's perfect for this club because it's unlikely that they're going to go out and splurge 100 million in one player and so they have to go and find these little gems and he's going to have to do that he's shown he can do it before Celtic's a different scenario, big club, but weaker league. Can he do it again with Tottenham? And I, I think he can, actually. I think he can go out there over the next 
seven or eight months, whatever it is, I don't think it'll be January. Find some of these guys that not many people know about, bring them in, integrate them into the way he wants to play and take Tottenham forward. I sincerely hope that's what they're going to do, but as you well know, I'm a big fan just watching them. Now you take a look at the list of injuries. Obviously, there's hope that James Madison will be back in January, but... Spurs legend Jurgen Klinsmann is going to ruin everything in January. You know what he's doing? Taking people away. Taking the best player away to the Asian Cup to represent South Korea. And it's a long time as well, Jurgen, that you're going to be taking Son away from Spurs. How could you do that to your former team? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry, but some, somebody has to win the Asian Cup in uh, February in Qatar. And unfortunately, the competition starts already. Uh, early January, so he will be gone from the 2nd of January until uh, hopefully with the final on the 10th of February. So more than five weeks, basically, he will be gone from Spurs. So will be the other players that play in Europe, if it's the Japanese players or, or other countries that participate in that competition. It's a bit uh, uh, like the Africa Cup of Nations that happens always in January as well. So not easy for the clubs to handle that, absolutely. Uh, Jürgen, what's it like to work with him? Obviously, he's been one of the best players in the Premier League over recent years. Oh, it's an absolute joy to work with Sonny. Uh, he's a top-class character. Uh, obviously, he's a world-class player. Uh, but he's humble. He's, uh, he's down-to-earth and he's always ready for a chat. He's uh, ready for a joke. Responds all, all the time, you know, right away when you have something. You call him, you text him. Uh, it's a real privilege to have a player like him. Right then, Frank, let's talk top four, shall we? Spurs, are they still in the hunt? I, I think so. I want to believe on that because I think, it's as, uh, as Craig and, and, and Jürgen explained, you know, it's a, it's a joy to watch them and you want them to keep on fighting and maybe uh, believe in some miracles because, as Craig mentioned before, uh, for the past two, three years has been... Uh, quite abysmal the, the, what we saw from them and uh, getting back to the business so so early uh, after Postecoglou uh, decided to get in charge uh, I think it's uh, it's kind of a miracle and I, I, I want to believe that uh, yeah they can uh, they can fight with uh, I would say Manchester United um, Aston Villa um, doubtful against Liverpool uh, Manchester City or Arsenal but they can yeah they can do some uh, some good businesses and hopefully they're going to fight until the end and, uh, and deserve, anyway, so far for me to, to be able to be in the, in the top four. Wow, this is very Spurs TV at the moment. One, I think Aston Villa would have a big argument with that, wouldn't they? I think, I think there's one spot up for grabs, really. Yes. Well, it depends if they hand a fifth spot to uh, the Premier League, which right. I have no idea. Well, let's, let's not bother with that at the moment. Let's that's talk top that's for some of our other <laughs> colleagues to write about right. or something when they've got a bit more time. OK. I, I, I think, to be honest with you, Aston Villa are a little bit more pragmatic. I think they're a little bit... I think they're a they're little further bit, down the line, aren't they? I think they're further down the line in the way they play. Obviously, the coach has been in there longer. You know, they, he was already in there for a big chunky last season. He sort of sussed it out, made one or two signings in the summer, like Telemans to boost the squad, like Pau Torres, who he's needed, by the way, because Ming's got injured first game of the season. Uh, and then other guys have done a big job for him. You know, Bailey's been in and out, but we know when he's hot, he's hot. Watkins has been a real handful, real handful up front. And then in the midfield, McGinn's been a Trojan, Douglas Louise has been excellent. And, and so all these guys down the spine have done a really good job for them. And, and they play nice football, but they're not as open as Tottenham. There's a bit more pragmatism about them. And I would say at the moment, they're more of a shot uh, 
for the top four. In fact, you'd probably say they are the best side at the moment, including Man United and Newcastle, who are running a bit, out of a bit mm -hmm. of steam. And they've also got the upside as they've got a very, very experienced coach who's had success, who knows the Premier League from before, who's managed all around Europe, and the players have bought into what he's trying to do at Villa big time. Yeah, how impressed have you been with what Unai Emery's done at Villa, Jürgen? No, very, very uh, impressed. Very impressed. You know, the, the football they play. Um, yeah, I, th I think they definitely have a shot for the top four as well. Um, they have uh, the advantage that, you know, Newcastle, for example, or, or Man United, they are busy also in Europe. Tottenham not. Um, but, uh, no, very impressed uh, and very positive uh, what I see from Aston Villa so far. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. At Goodison Park, what a performance we saw from Everton, who dominated Newcastle from start to finish, thoroughly deserving of their 3-0 victory. And it's a win that now takes them out of the relegation zone. You take a look at the table. Despite that 10-point deduction, they are now sitting 17th above Luton, Burnley and Sheffield United. Craig, what did you make of Everton? Before this 10-point deduction, which I believe they are still they are going to appeal, mm. that could be reduced to five. Who the hell knows these days? But before that 10-point reduction, they were actually starting to get it together uh, in terms of the way they were playing, starting to look more of a unit, starting to look a little bit better in an attacking sense. Then, obviously, the, the, uh, the long-time owner, uh, Bill Kenwright, passed away and they had this points deduction as well. And you just feel that the whole place has been galvanised. Interestingly enough, uh, if they had that 10 points back, they would be above Chelsea. Right. I mean, that's, that's okay. kind of where we are for both of these clubs. If they had the deduction back, they would be in the top half. They'd be above Chelsea. Uh, and they've been playing all right. I've never felt 
they were going to be relegated this year. I mean, it's maybe more of a discussion since they had the 10 points. At the start of the season, I didn't think they were going to get relegated, and that was purely because I've always felt the three teams that came up were going to really struggle. Uh, Jürgen, when you take a look at Newcastle and their struggles and, and the injuries, as a coach, like if you're Eddie Howe, how difficult a situation is that to deal with when you've got all these games just coming thick and fast all the time? Well, you have to adjust. That's the only choice you have as a manager. You have to deal with it and, and you cannot change it. I mean, they, if they're injured, they're injured. You have to look at your roster, you know, who's coming next, who's, who's maybe maybe delivering some products from the, uh, from the, from the second team, the youth team. Um, <coughs> you've got to figure out uh, solutions no matter what. I think this is really, really important. You, can, you cannot just uh, um, resignate. It's no way, you know. I mean, he's, uh, he's doing a fantastic job. Uh, and um, obviously it doesn't help in that moment that you play also in Europe. Um, it's very demanding, but uh, I think so far uh, they have done uh, very, very well over the last couple of years. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful story, Newcastle United, um, even if they obviously lost uh, tonight. What I wanted to say real quick was the fact of Everton, a 10-point deduction. You know, I had that experience in 1994. I came to Tottenham and we had a 12-point deduction at the beginning of the season. Uh, later on, they reduced it to six points. We were out of the FA Cup, and uh, the, the former chairman, Alan Sugar, he got us back into the FA Cup, and we lived with the six points deduction. But um, it is really interesting what happens on the inside of a team when you deal with such a kind of a punishment. Um, it creates a tremendous amount of energy within a group of players. Now, we saw kind of, okay, the issue, the problems, you know, we came from behind, and we created an enormous amount of of drive, of energy, of uh, ambition to make things happen. And we, I think we ended up in a top seven or six that season. We ended in the semifinal of the FA Cup, which we were not allowed to play in, in the beginning of it. But something like that can really help a team to grow together and to, to go for a goal that was, not, was pretty much impossible in the beginning of the season. And that's what I hope for Everton. I hope for Everton that it gives them even more energy, more more grit, more, more drive, and, and also in a certain way a bit of more anger to kind of make it forget. And that, as, as Greg said, they're, they're pretty much in, they would be in 10th place right now, 9th or 10th place, you know, if you give them the 10 points. But I'm sure they make it also, uh, if they keep the 10 points deduction, they, they will not relegate Everton this year. That's it. Maybe well, that's what City need. People are saying that City should get points deduction. That could galvanise the team to get playing good again. 115 points. They got 115 cases to answer. Who the hell? Who the hell knows what's going to go on with any of those? But I, th th that's absolutely correct. And you it know, just what, galvanises. Well, them. you've already got a manager in there that that, that you know people say specialises in galvanising. He might get a bit frustrated with that, Sean Dykes, and say, "Well, there's more to me than that." But that's why they brought him in because they were in a big relegation fight last year. Uh, absolutely, particularly when you think you've been wronged, and I think a lot of people in the inside think that ten points was 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 pretty harsh on them. Uh, Frank, for Newcastle, do you think they sees their season could peter out a little bit here? Yes, of course. And it's mostly because of, for me, the injury that they have. I mean, you can cope with the situation. You can fight and, uh, and try to, uh, to, to get at the top, in the top four, and top of uh, being, uh, being good in Champions League. But at the end of the day, if you lose 10 players and, 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 and very important players, it's becoming very hard to, uh, to deal with all competitions, to be at the top. And, uh, 
and you, I really found today, and Trippier was really the example of it, because what you didn't see is on the third goal, I think it's him who covers the offside. It was out of order. And we are mm. talking of, as you said, maybe the best uh, player this, uh, in, in his position. And that's, that's, why may, that's why maybe it made me think that some players are getting tired and they cannot be substituted because too many are injured. And that could be the beginning of, I wouldn't say a nightmare, but a bad story for Newcastle for this season with all the hopes that we had at the beginning of the season. It's not, it's not, a lot of people can get an injury list out and go look at this, but it's actually, you know, a lot of it is players that, you know, fringe players or guys that are on top list of requirements. This is key players, not them all, but I would say 70% of them. You, look, you get your goalkeeper now for four months, you've got two of the back four who have been excellent in Burn and Botman, you've got two guys in the midfield that have done a really good job, Freddie Howe and Willock and Longstaff. Longstaff being a local boy, but he's got legs and energy in there, and Willock's been quite good for them. Callum Wilson up front, uh, Harvey Barnes, a new signing from Leicester, and of course, the sort of elephant in the room when you need not you needing somebody is, is a seventy million pound player who who had a gambling problem that supposedly Newcastle never knew about and so he's not available. So it has to be frustrating, but they've got Champions League still to play for, although it's going to be tough, and they've got a lot still. To, a bit like Tottenham in a sense is that you know that that in, that treatment room is going to be brimming full, and Eddie Howe will be meeting his physios and his doctors and his sports scientists. Said, When's he going to come back? Do I need to rush him? Can I rush him? Because it's a very fine line that he's going to be treading in the next couple of months, trying to get some of these key players back, but not losing them again uh, for the rest of the season. Because if he keeps losing these players, they will not make top four. And then on Sunday, Jürgen, it's a little matter of Spurs against Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, I think then the, the medical staff on both sides can have a nice meeting. <laughs> <laughs> and, and can exchange some, some, some information, some, some experience that they have, you know. And, and uh, when you deal with medical staffs, it's, it's really kind of, uh, uh, they, can, they can make you or they can break you. It's really important to have people, you know, within your organization that are capable to deal with these type of uh, dilemmas, you know, when you have uh, too many players being injured at the same time. So hopefully they can both sort it out. But this is a, it's a big game. It's a big game on Sunday. Obviously, Spurs uh, need the points to stay up there, to be close to the uh, top four, as Hamish with, with Newcastle. Then for Newcastle next week comes uh, uh, Champions League again, um, which is uh, just a, a wonderful experience for Newcastle um, to do that. Uh, on the other hand, you know, it, it takes away a lot, a lot of energy for the Premier League. So it will be interesting. Uh, we'll say thank you very much to Frank for now. Frank will be back with us on Extra Time, which as always you can check out on our YouTube channel. Uh, and plenty of questions uh, for him and Craig to answer. He was kind of spitting on the desk yesterday, yes. wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yeah. Accidentally, it must be said. Yes. Yes. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Uh, next week's all about a Carabao Cup. We've got all the quarterfinals live for you on ESPN Plus, which of course is Everton against Fulham, Port Vale against Middlesbrough, Chelsea That's against not next week. Newcastle, and then Liverpool. Hmm? It's not next week. Well, it's, it's, in, it's, it's the week after, it's December 19th is the week after. Well, people will be getting excited. Well, there we are. Where, where's the Carabao Cup? <laughs> there they are. Uh, meanwhile, in the Bundesliga, Bayer Leverkusen, three points clear of Bayern Munich, who, of course, do have a game in hand after that game last weekend was postponed. Jürgen, it's the first time you've been on for a while since we've seen this run from Xavi Alonso's side. How impressed are you with what he's done with Bayer Leverkusen? I think everyone, everyone really is highly, highly impressed by, by his work at Bayer Leverkusen. And I talked to a lot of people there and, and the way he communicates there are certain things and uh, the way the team expresses itself and, and plays football is, is really fun to watch. You know? And they are a serious contender for this year's Bundesliga title, Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, so it will be interesting. Obviously, Bayern has a game in hand. The real fairy tale story in the Bundesliga certainly at the moment is Stuttgart. That's my old team, my old town, my home, my hometown, and uh, they're flying high. They're flying high in the Bundesliga, and they just uh, kicked out Borussia Dortmund of the German Cup competition um, last night. And this is this is huge. Um, obviously, this is a city that suffered a lot the last uh, ten years, up and down, roller coaster, going down second Bundesliga, coming back up, going down again, and stuff like that. But now they're flying, really, they're flying high and uh, it's a lot, a lot of fun to watch this Stuttgart team at the moment in the German Bundesliga. Jürgen, it's not Stuttgart TV. I want to talk about Xavi Alonso, what he's done. You've changed it into your home team doing well, coming third. Um, I let's go to. back. I couldn't oh, wait. Somebody's, I run, couldn't well, somebody's wait. run a Stuttgart highlight. <laughs> what do you want him to do? Uh, I, I just want to go back. I wanted to talk about Harry shut Kane. Up, shut up, you. Right, uh, let's, yeah. uh, I want to focus on Bayer just a little more, Jürgen. Can they do it? Can they put this stretch throughout the whole season? I think they can. Yes, I think they can. I think they have a, with uh, Xavi Alonso, they have a manager that experienced all those up and downs during a season. And he knows what it means to be resilient and to be, and to, and to grind things out. And they, throughout the season, they will come into moments where they have to grind some results out, maybe against a team like like West Ham today that just parks the bus in a certain way. And you got to figure out then with a bit of creativity, with some individual uh, players, uh, um, you got to figure out ways to score the goals and to get the three points week by week. Uh, but they have the capability to, to really damage Bayern Munich this season. They have the capability to go all the way till the end. Um, it would be remarkable. But what he's done so far, Xabi, is, uh, is fantastic. Uh, meanwhile, Jürgen, a big game this weekend, of course, live on ESPN Plus, is Leipzig against Borussia Dortmund. Why are Dortmund so rubbish when they play in Germany, but so good when they play in the Champions League? Maybe when they go on the road in the Champions League, they get better food somewhere else, like in Milan. Where they <laughs> Maybe that's one. it. <laughs> 
I don't know. Um, this is really kind of, uh, yeah, the, the ongoing story of Borussia Dortmund is, uh, is that the word is consistency. Uh, they have everything. They can also win the German title. They can go far in the Champions League. But then every couple of weeks or every few weeks, you know, they have a setback. You know, they get uh, somewhere a lesson and uh, they drop the points. And like last season, obviously, they dropped the, the points in the very last game of the, the, the season and losing the title with that. Now, last night, they lose in Stuttgart the, the German Cup, which in Germany, in Germany, it's a big deal, the cup competition. Um, so you never know what face you get from Borussia Dortmund at the moment. You know, they could beat uh, Leipzig on Saturday by two or three goals, but they can also lose against Leipzig, which is obviously also a very, very strong team. But uh, there's always a huge question mark behind uh, what comes up with Borussia Dortmund. Uh, final question, Jürgen. How is uh, international coaching treating you? Enjoying it? Oh, I'm really enjoying it, yeah. And especially when you have players like, like Sonny or uh, Kim In Jae, who plays for Bayern Munich, or now we have a, a, a really, really exciting talent playing for Paris Saint-Germain, Kangin Lee, who came out uh, bigger and bigger the last few months. So I really enjoy that challenge in, uh, in South Korea. And we obviously head into the Asian Cup uh, beginning yep. of January, and uh, our goal is our goal is to win it. <laughs> so Perfect. then Sonny can go back to Spurs uh, with a hopefully with a trophy. <laughs> uh, yeah, ruined Spurs. You want, to, you want to take the German job, Jurgen? That will cost your enjoyment. Oh yeah, <laughs> go back there, Jurgen. Goodness me, that's something. Scotland, else. I mean, if Scotland beat Germany in the opening match of the Euros in Germany, they might as well just close the shop. Yeah, but that's not going to happen. That was, it could, that's, well, a step, that's a step. No, too no, no, far. no. If you'd have said to me <laughs> two or three years ago. Uh, that this German team would be as poor as they are and that actually Scotland or any other team in Germany had a chance against them. Yeah. I said, probably not if you're one of the weaker nations. But not now, unless he's got some magic wand between now and the Euro starting. And it's certainly not Havertz playing left wing back. Uh, that hasn't worked. You're going to be surprised about how they've just, can, no matter who's in charge at the moment in Germany, they just don't seem to be able to get it, to get, to get it together. Well, I always have hope. <laughs> <laughs> and my hope is they're going to get the egg, the egg together in time. You know, they're going to get the egg together in time. They still have two, two friendly games in March. It should be all qualified. It should be going all right. And then we'll see in June. But it will be a nail-biter even with Scotland. Even with Scotland, oh, it will be a nail-biter. Yeah. Oh, that's how low they've gone. That's, that's how low that's, 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 that's how they've stooped oh, no. at the moment. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> the jocks think they've got a chance. Wow. Uh, Jürgen, as always, thank you very much, mate. Much appreciated. Just a reminder then, Borussia Dortmund against Leipzig is live on a Saturday. Coverage begins at 12 p.m. That's live on ESPN Plus, or if you prefer, ABC. Plenty of content over on our YouTube channel. Be sure to go to ESPN FC and don't forget to subscribe. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network.
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Meanwhile, this weekend, it's MLS Cup in Ohio. Columbus crew taking on LAFC. Columbus with home advantage, our favorites. LAFC coming then as underdogs at 11 to 10. Let's welcome in, shall we? Sebastian Salazar and Hercules Gomez, who are live with us in Columbus ahead of that final. There'll be a special live edition of Football Americas tonight. Talking ball on the desk. Talking ball well, on the desk. Just to make sure you know what they're talking about. <laughs> they're talking about soccer ball. There we are. Uh, boys, Columbus favourites, is that fair? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that they're the favourites, certainly being at home and based on the momentum they come into this game. You think so? I mean, the odds makers have it pretty clear. At yeah. least to win, Columbus to win, are to heavy advance, favourites. Yeah. LAFC are the champions. LAFC is the team that has the leading goal scorer of mm -hmm. the league, and Denny Bowanga, they are the team that's more pragmatic, better defensive team. They had no problems in the semifinal or in the Western Conference sure. final, and you know Columbus did have a few problems in the Eastern Conference final, and hell is real versus Cincinnati. So favorites, sure, because they're at home. Clear favourites? I don't know about that. Uh, Dan, you I'm mentioned we got the show Wait a minute, wait a minute, Seb, Seb, wait, wait. I'm being shouted out saying there'll be a full preview tomorrow so you can talk about it then they want to hear what you've you've seen today it's been media day you've been chatting to some of the players yes yeah Oh, yeah, don't, it, don't, don't get him started. Seb's upset. Well, it's almost <laughs> like I was about to tell you who we spoke to before we got uh, cut off there. We didn't get Carlos Vela. We didn't get Giorgio Collini, the guys you might want to talk to. Maybe we're not the favorites in the eyes of our uh, former friends at Major League Soccer. We did speak <laughs> oh, to Steve Chirondolo. Uh, we spoke to Darlington Nagby from the crew side going after his fourth MLS Cup. And Maxime Cropot, the Canadian yeah. goalie for LAFC, broke his leg in the final last year, missed the World Cup. Anything from those conversations stand out to you? Yeah, Steve Chirondolo. It was pretty uh, crazy talk when we spoke about LAFC maybe entering that dynasty mm -hmm. territory because if they win, that's back-to-back -back championships. They've also been in finals in CONCACAF champions. He shut you down, but not for the reason you would have thought. Right, right. That maybe Major League Soccer doesn't want a dynasty. I mm -hmm. thought that was a very interesting conversation. How about maybe Major, Major League Soccer wants this parity and that can hurt LAFC's chances going forward. So it was interesting. Yeah, great example of that is what they're going to do with Carlos Vela. He's on 4.4 now. Pretty much if they don't want to bring him back as a DP, that, that wage gets cut to 1.5. Those are league rules that restrict you know what you can do as far as roster building. We are going to focus on MLS Cup. How about Craig nailing that Liga Mekis highlight with yeah. Club America? We're going to talk on. Club America and that, that five, uh, five nothing win. But we're also of course going to be reacting to the Copa America draw on yeah. tonight's show. That's starting in less than an hour down in Miami. So we'll have full reaction to the U.S. draw, Mexico draw, Messi's draw for next summer's uh, Copa America here in the United States. So I took from that that they've upset a lot of people, basically. And also, we sent them down there to get some really big names. <laughs> and, and they gave up. That's the standard. <laughs> that is. Uh, so they, gave up. they gave up and went down the pub. I know. Don't well, get them you started, please. Do, do not get them started. You said you were hiding in bushes to get Lionel Messi. Can't you do the same for Carlos Vela? <laughs> I think that's what it must have been. You know, my intrepid journalistic skills probably offended some of the people over in Major League right, Soccer right. during I think it's just your personality, it, it may have been to be himself. <laughs> well, they, honestly, that wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise us either. Disappointed not to speak to Carlos Vela, but right, uh, right. maybe next time.
Well, you've hidden it really well. Uh, Football Americas then is live tonight <laughs> from Columbus. Be sure to check it out. Um, apparently, Carlos Vela will not feature. I'm still available, boys, if you want me to come on. And that's it then. That brings us to the end of It's a very eclectic show. mix today, wasn't it? It always is. Uh, Frank LaBeouf will be back with us to answer your questions on Extra Time. Stay with us. Welcome in then to the latest edition of Extra Time. Craig with me here in the studio. Frank as well in Paris. Frank, did I see you were on some sort of TV show in France this week? What was that? Me? Oh, yes. A TV show in France? Yeah, there was like a group of you. Uh, I saw you waving at yeah. the camera. What was that? Uh, wasn't it a, a police lineup? Was remember. it? Right, brilliant. You put it on your Instagram. I haven't completely made it up. I saw it. Was it Fabian Barthez? Anyway, there we go. Oh. Maybe it was Fabian Barthez Whatever, instead. whatever. You know what? You know what? One thing, I was in Strasbourg for the Christmas uh, market uh, okay. for two days. And I, uh, and, I, and I talked to many fans, Strasbourg fans. They're very, very much upset with, uh, with the, uh, the board of Chelsea because uh, they're saying that they're doing the same as they do for Chelsea, they, they, they took out all the experienced players and they just brought some young players uh, and they, they do what, uh, what they do for Chelsea, meaning they do trading. And that's the only thing they do. And the, uh, the, the results of, uh, of uh, Strasbourg is not that good. So people are feeling betrayed, fans are feeling, feeling betrayed. And it's what we really feel at Chelsea, it's mm. coming up at, in Strasbourg. That's unbelievable. The, the feeling that I had, what people told me, and uh, and those people at Chelsea really have to react if they don't want to sabotage two clubs in the same time. Oh, How yeah. did we get from were you on TV this week? When you're in Strasbourg, do you still wear the World Cup kit or do you change into your Strasbourg kit, Frank? No, no, no. Uh, it was very, it was very cold. So I was wearing a big coat. And I yes. and I saw Mr. Patrick Vieira. He was the, the, oh, the coach of, uh, of Strasbourg. He's the coach of Strasbourg. And uh, and uh, randomly we met in Strasbourg and we had a little chat. He loves the city. He's having a hard time. He's hoping that he's going to get better. But I was very happy to see him. No, I don't wear anything. You know, I'm like I'm like you. Uh, um, I'm like Son at Tottenham and how yeah. Jürgen described him. Humble. Nice. Yeah, right. You yeah, know, Frank. We, we know you. We've me. known you a long That's time, me. Frank. Humble. You spent less time on Instagram. <laughs> yes. And more time prepping this show. Right. The world will be a better place. What I mean, mean, look at Shaka last night. What about what happened to Shaka? Sat at his desk, taking notes, writing them down. Yes. You want to try that? I should try that, shouldn't I? Uh, are Spurs still Spursy, Craig? I mean, I, I, I don't. I don't get what people want from Spurs. Right, let me move it on to this next question, which I think a lot of people may share this opinion. Okay. United are constantly in crisis and everyone in the show is constantly gassing Ange. If this result holds, they're level on points and games played. Are you guys too in oh love? For God's sake! Are you too in love are you, are with these mediocre people, Spurs? Why do we have some of the thickest viewers on the planet? Right? Why? Why? We have to educate. 
Manchester United are one of the biggest spending clubs in world football, right? The expectations of United, the spend of United, the clout of United, the squad of United, everything is telling you they need to be better, they need to challenge. We can't keep comparing Man United with Spurs. If you're comparing Man, Man United with Spurs, you've absolutely not got a scooby-doo about this game. I mean, if they were spending a billion dollars on players, a hundred million on one winger, a hundred million on this winger, bringing in World Cup winners, bringing in the best coach in Holland, as he was supposed to be, Tottenham that is, then maybe we would ask a few more questions. And by the way, he's only been in the job six months, Ange Postacoglu, and we have got some of the really dumbest people that watch and communicate with this show. <laughs> and I hope I've not upset the other view. Actually, I don't care. I don't care. That's the view of Craig Burley, not ESPN FC. I've seen all the, I've seen all the questions <laughs> you've over <laughs> 10 years. This we is... have a really bunch of not very <laughs> bright people. Little, little bit of what is a lovely bunch of people. Not by the questions or what? not. <laughs> Some of the most questions nice. Our filtering department really does put the dumbest questions <laughs> up. It's, it's just, it's, I mean, obviously, there's either a touch of sarcasm in the question, tongue-in-cheek, or my initial point stance, right? Uh, Frank, would you like to add anything? And Please don't have a go at the viewers. And I'm not, nobody's no, apolog think, and I'm not think, apologising. No, I think... Sod off. No, no, Sorry, no, but I, I, I hear what, what Chris says, and uh, I think... All fans, they're completely blinded by the love of the team they are supporting. And uh, I can't even uh, uh, mention, you know, some Chelsea fans when they, they try to find excuses, they, 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 they try to, to, to see Chelsea as the top of the top right now. They, and they, they don't want to see what is clear to, uh, to the rest of the world and to the people who are like us. Uh, mainly in the neutral point of view, we, we see what we see. And we enjoy watching Tottenham playing because they come back from the worst of the worst. And uh, last year we were hammering the way they were playing. And, uh, and today we see Manchester United. And we, I played against Manchester United. I played maybe, not maybe, but yes, I think maybe the best Manchester United team uh, uh, um, they had in the history of Manchester United. And in 99, when you were playing against them, you felt, you know, the power, the talent, the, 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 the tactic, everything was there. And you compare there and you compare what you see with the, 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 the coach, with the board, with the, with the players, there's no comparison. And it's why we are very hard on them, because I think they just deserve that, because it's what we see, and it's obvious what we see. And it's not but because we don't like United, or we love more Tottenham than United. No, we don't love anybody. We, I love my wife, my kids, that's it. Oh. But football-wise, I don't Yourself. love anybody. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's the top. That's the top of the list. Number one. <laughs> you know, Sam, I, I think when this show used to be called Press Pass, and there was lots of different people on it, oh. uh, uh, and we used to get, before the technology, they, we got viewer mail. Right. Remember? Yes. It yes. seemed then there was like at least a semblance yeah. of sensibility about the questions. I don't know, Craig. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why you're going back how many years? <laughs> 10 years. 15. 10 years. Viewer mail. Do you remember the viewer mail? Yes, of course. 
Yeah. What a great way to do it. What a great way. Well, this is the similar, isn't it's it? Not, this, this, it's not. It's buffoonery. Right, stop having a go at everyone. Right. Why? Because it's not Why nice. Change? Why change now? I'm not nice. No, but you... When I come on TV, my job's not to be nice, right? What? And when people send in silly questions, my job's not to you're be not, nice. When you're on TV, just in life, you're not nice. Just me and the dogs tonight. Uh, for Craig, why is Pochettino not <laughs> under more pressure? He spent a fortune since coming in, but they looked utterly clueless against a United side who aren't exactly they, world beaters. They did. All the media talk of his Ten Hag being sacked, but Pochettino gets away scot-free. Well, he's not getting away scot-free, and I'll go back to my answer to the initial question, as he's been there uh, a lot less in terms of the time right. frame. Yeah. So that's... That's some salvation for him at the moment. It wasn't a great salvation for Graham Potter, it has to be said, but it is some salvation for him that that he is at least 12 months behind uh, Ten Hag and his, <coughs> his manager. Uh, United could have had six, there's no doubt mm -hmm. about that. Uh, what was could, it? Anyone, could any manager fix Chelsea? I suppose that's where this yeah, is going. Yeah, I mean, could... could Postacoglu <laughs> I think you could, they could be, I don't think fix it would be the right way to go about it, but I think there are managers that could have them in a better place than they are now. And that does bode the question on on uh, on Pochettino. I think team selection, uh, you know, Cucurella at right back, Caldwell again at left back, he's going to have to look at uh, Thiago Silva at some point because the mistakes are creeping in as he gets older, he's, old, he's, he's, he's going to be 40 on his, his next birthday. So I think there is a, there is an element of he is under pressure. I just don't think he's on the I don't think he's on the sack seat just yet. But who the hell knows with this uh, ownership? The sack seat is that a thing? The sack seat. The sack seat is tonight. I've never heard of that before. Oh, now you see you learn something every day. The, the sack, sack seat and that could go very. Completely made the sack seat the, up. The sa that could go very wrong. Not the hot seat. The sack seat. The sack seat. Yeah. He's on the sack seat. No one has ever said that. I've said it. Never, never. I just don't do what everybody else does. But I've worked with you for many years and I've never heard you use the phrase sack seat. Fuck, that's... You, you meant to say Yeah, but that's seat. me. You meant to say hot seat. I didn't, I said sack seat. No. And I come in with something new every day. You thought, oh, I can use sack seat today. No, it just came in my head. Oh, really? Because you couldn't think of hot seat. Sack uh, seat. Uh, how bad were Chelsea yesterday, Frank? Well... Well, credit to Manchester United. I think Manchester United had a very good game. They did what they had to do, and the first time that since for I mean for a long time you didn't see them playing like that. So you have to give credit, otherwise people are going to think we hate them. But uh, <laughs> but really, uh, Chelsea is Chelsea. It's a mid-table, and we are being very nice saying that, and that's no surprises. People are talking about why we don't want to hammer Pochettino. Well, we know, uh, we knew last season that it was kind of an unbearable problem um, that, it, that it would have to sort out. And it doesn't because it's almost impossible. And I was talking about the trading business that Chelsea is, uh, is, uh, has chosen to, to go for. And you cannot think that you're going to win the Premier League and be good in Champions League or whatever with players who are completely inexperienced, even if you pay them 100 million each. That's not a, that's not a squad. That's not a team. Chelsea is proving it. It's been proven by other clubs who, are, who decided to go for that kind of system. It doesn't work. You have to mix. And it, it doesn't work that way. And you can have Pochettino, you can have Ten Hag, you can have even even Pep Guardiola. I don't know how he would, he would cope with, with that situation. It's for me still unbearable.
the, big, the big problem for one of the big problems for Pochettino going forward is there's no there's no Champions League money this year. There's no European football this year, mm -hmm. right? So there's a big pot, particularly from the Champions League. They don't look like they've got a chance of getting in there at this moment in time. So that's going to put pressure on, I think, from ownership because he's going to fail. It looks as if he's going to fail in that front. But also the teams that are trying to get back in there are all playing in Europe. Man United, Newcastle, Villa are in the conference. Yep. And so Chelsea have the luxury, along with Tottenham, but they're at a different stage and have spent less money. But we're talking Chelsea here. They have no European distractions at all. None whatsoever. And all these teams with big injuries and lots of games and elite level, they're all vying for the top four. And if he's a country mile off, come, I don't know, March, whatever it is, the ownership might look and say, have we made a, have we made a mistake again? Because <laughs> Potter, you know, it was, it was too big for Graham Potter in our eyes. Where's who? Frank. Frank Lampard. And, you know, Pochettino was the guy, supposedly, and he... So then where do they go from there? Do they then say, we're going to give them another season and we're going to go and spend again? Or do they go in a different direction once more? No, nobody knows. I mean, I read one Chelsea supporter today on, on social media. A guy's been going for, for 30 years. He's he, he just saying he's so disillusioned with the way the whole thing is going from, from on the field, but more worryingly, the, the which way the ownership is taking the club. It's like a... It is almost a kind of scattered brain, scattered gun. You want me to come up with any other no, adjectives? That's fine. Does Bowen deserve more of a chance with England? Jared Bowen? Yes. I think he should be in with a shout for getting in some of the squads. I, I just think the position he plays in, they have, you know, he, he's been playing as a false nine at West Ham now and again, but we know he's a, he's a, he's a player who plays on the wide, predominantly on the right, coming in his left foot. You're playing get you're up against, you know, Sterling's not on the squad, who's actually played up until the last couple of weeks, played well. You've got, you had Rashford before, who's obviously having a stinker at the moment, but he's been ahead of him. And then you've got Phil Foden ahead of him. You've got Jack Grealish. There's a lot of guys that are playing in a wide position or as a number 10 that can play in those areas. James Ward Proud, people have talked about all these guys that don't get game time. So when you look at all the players that are in front of them, I think it's going to be really difficult for him to get near it. Frank, who's the first signing that you sh United should make when the takeover goes through? Uh, De Gea? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. For three signing for United when in a group takeover. I don't know. I don't know. It's not a takeover. It's not a takeover. I mean, after. I mean, all right. that. Okay. Right. I think more importantly, whenever the investment comes in, right, yes, partial investment at one point five billion. Not a takeover, everyone. We like clarification. Well, you seem to like clarification, right? I think it's more important who they get out first and foremost. Right. Yeah. Than who they get. That's in. what it right. is. That's what it is. Especially I, 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 see as a, a centre as centre backs. See all the players that you have centre backs that you want to maybe get rid of. Varane, uh, Maguire, Evans. You know. I think if you have to pick a well, good player at first, you have to. Yeah. Go on. 
Well, I'm just saying, like... You, Why has Frank Ma- got a halo above his head? Well, because... <laughs> I don't know. You've got a halo, Frank, above... But, like, Maguire's first choice Shiner. at the moment, isn't he? Rafael Varane getting the, can't get in the team ahead of him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, first, he was a first choice by default. Now he's getting good, I have to say, and you have to be fair. But you cannot consider Maguire, Reina, one of the, one of the top centre-backs in the world. You cannot tell me that you cannot find a better centre-back than Maguire. Uh, Varane is almost at the end of his career, he's getting injured. Uh, Evans is definitely at the end of his career. You have to put show uh, sometimes there. Uh, Lindelof has okay. proven what that about, he's a good What about player, the question, the Frank? Answer one. the question. We're not who we're getting rid of. So who, we bring in, who do you want to bring in? Mm, who can I bring in? <laughs> I don't know, top of the top. Give me give me some names. Give me some names. I don't have names right now. I don't have a list right now of centre backs. Give me a name. Oh, this is gonna go. I think up. you need to bring in a, I think you need to bring in somebody to take some weight off uh, Rasmus Hoyland. Okay. Because Martial's a waste of space. Uh, I don't know if they'll be looking at somebody like Boniface at Leverkusen. And but we're talking about the summer here. Yeah. So Well January, maybe. Takeover's supposed to happen next week, isn't it? You've just spent, we spent seven or eight minutes in the show and you're trying to coerce Jurgen Klinsmann into saying there was a real title race because Leverkusen could push Bayern Munich all the way. Right. Now you want them to take their main striker well, in you, January you just, I, I'm just saying that there, there is still an opportunity in January to bring in strikers that yeah. maybe aren't in a title race. Osterman, get him over. Yeah, he's having a, not his Napoli best having a bad season. Yeah. There you are. Sorted. All right. Perfect. It's easy, isn't it? Awesome. You should be an agent. <laughs> <laughs> How conflicted do you suppose Don was in today's Everton-Newcastle fixture? He's been responding to people on social media I've seen who are critical of his commentary. Oh, really? Because he said that yeah, Newcastle... Don, I don't fine. understand. I, I really don't understand with... Not Don, but I suppose he's part of it. I really don't understand the people that just sit there during a day, any given day, when they're at home or in an office or wherever they are, and just sit there and respond to people constantly. Right. It is the most ludicrously unnecessary part of life that you'll ever need because you, you've been tweeting more though I've noticed in the last few days I'm a bit yeah, worried well, golf, about that golf season's finished yeah, I'm concerned uh, although I, I absolutely and very very rarely I respond to anybody because I just don't have the energy and I can't be bothered oh, fair enough I just throw a tweet out there and, and, I, and I leave it so I don't get people arguing but yeah I don't know Don he's, he's uh, in terms of conflicted because I know he's got a lot of passion for Everton uh, he was a Newcastle fan. Why are you answering this so seriously? Sunderland fans. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> Sunderland fans were giving them stick the other day as well. Good. Well, I don't know why he just didn't come out and say the other day when somebody was saying, you played for Sunderland. He went, he was a Newcastle fan growing up. I don't know why he just doesn't say that to people and say, this is who the team I supported growing up. Right. I was born in Newcastle. If you don't like it, get stuff. Surprise out. Get seriously, stuff. seriously, he took that answer. Uh, for Craig, my study group will spend the next week in St Andrews in Edinburgh. Got any recommendations? No. If we mention your name, would we receive special treatment? <laughs> yeah, br- you probably got a brick over the head. <laughs> mention, do not mention my name in Scotland, right? If you don't, if you want to, if you want to end up in the hospital with some sort of concussive injury, no, do not. That's more Glasgow, though, isn't it, than Edinburgh? Yeah, you're, well, where are they going? St Andrews? St Andrews, St. Andrews in Edinburgh, East Coast. A little bit different, the folks in the East Coast to the West Coast. Is there, are they a bit posher? I think the West Coast is kind of seen where I'm from, the Glasgow side, I'm from South, same as Stevie, a little yeah. bit more working class. Right. But certainly St Andrews, I don't, 
if you want to spend some time in St Andrews, a lovely city, obviously, if you can play golf, play golf, but I, I, I don't know much about the place. I've, okay. not, I've only been once or twice. Ed, have you been to Edinburgh? No, I haven't. I'd like to go to the comedy festival. I imagine that'd be good. You're on the show every day. Oh, well, yes, exactly. So I need some light relief in my just, life. Just take a tape. Take a tape of one of the segments been, of our shows. Oh, yes. Craig. Yes, Frank. <laughs> Craig, I've been to uh, close to. Uh, I've been to Loch Lomond. I've been to Loch Lomond. There is a beautiful That's hotel nice. there. Yeah. And I spent right. a couple of nights. It's called Cameron and, House. Uh, and that was. Exactly. And the, and that the site is absolutely beautiful. And uh, you don't see many people. And I visited a whiskey factory. That's What's the that's point? Great. What's that like to do with this question, Frank? Well, that's the point with uh, they're going to go next week to uh, St. Andrews and Edinburgh. It's not that far from Edinburgh. Actually, I think. Do you know what it's I really like? Do you know what I really like? Uh, Sid. Sid. Uh, Sid. And his, oh, uh, and his study group to do was to mention my name uh, and then come back on and. Uh, yeah, okay. So then, three, there you are. Three weeks or a month. You have if, some homework if, if you're study if, group. If, if you're still breathing uh, after being mentioned and see what the reaction was. There you go. Because it could be surprised. It might be surprisingly positive. I mean, I've been to so you, you, you are you are hated everywhere. In fact, yeah, yeah, very much in so. Chelsea, in in Scotland, yeah, <laughs> in, 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 your house. in in Manchester, somewhere. Frank is great. And I tell you what, Frank, people, I wouldn't have it any other in way. The studio. I would not have it any other way. Uh, Frank, as as a former Marseille player, do you hate PSG? How bitter is that rivalry? Uh, no, I don't. I almost signed for Paris Saint-Germain. I was 20, 20 years old. Uh, I was born in Marseille, but from parents who, are, who were from Rams. Uh, and um, I re really respect Marseille. I was the captain of Marseille. And I, I gave 100% I was playing against Paris Saint-Germain. But uh, uh, I, I'm not a fan. I'm a, I was a football player. I'm not a fan. I don't choose any club. I was supporting Saint-Étienne in the 70s, Bastia in the 80s, uh, Marseille in the 90s and after Paris Saint-Germain in the, uh, the late 90s because they were uh, French clubs and I, I of course love Chelsea because Chelsea brought me many many things and if I'm in that show it's uh, mostly because I have the chance to speak a little bit of English because of Chelsea and because I've been successful over there. So that's that's what it is. So I have a special bond, let's say with Chelsea and also Strasbourg because I, I uh, my kids were born there and I played for five years. But I have nothing against Paris Saint-Germain at all. But the rivalry is big. I mean, at the time I was playing, you couldn't wear a Paris Saint-Germain shirt in Marseille. I think you would have you would have stayed alive like five minutes, I would say. I would, okay. I would have said, you know, at the time. That was crazy. And on the other way, it was possible to wear a Marseille shirt in Paris. That's not really a problem. It's, it's a bigger city. But Mars, Paris Saint-Germain is really hated in Marseille, that's for sure. Mm, I hate PSG. You hate everything. And I never played for uh, Marseille. Uh, I'm trying to be honest with you. Just wind me up. All those idiots they sign and it's circus and just, just right. pointless. That's okay. a pointless exercise. What if Ange took over at PSG? Ooh. You'd love them. Tell you what. <laughs> That'd be it. I'd be in here watching them every week. <laughs> Should Chelsea be worried about Deitch's army? Everson Chelsea on Saturday. Or yeah. Sunday, sorry. Not. Is it a Goodison? Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think they should be, yeah. Do we know? Do we know? No, that well, I'd rephrase that, do you know? Because I don't. Uh, I think they should be, yeah. I mean, particularly off the back of that United game and then off the back of Everton, the uh, huge win for them against Newcastle. But not just the win, the way they played, the way they pressured them and the crowd getting behind them. And this Chelsea side are flaky. Right. Absolutely flaky. We saw them at Newcastle just capitulate both on the field and from a discipline perspective. They were lucky against Brighton, no matter what anybody says, did not play well, uh, got a man sent off. We're horrible at Man United, his team selection was baffling. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that could pile the pressure back on. If I, you know, I'd fancy playing Chelsea at the moment if I was Everton, because if I'm ditching that dressing room, I'm saying, there are a bunch of big hitters who you think... You've got to do the voice. Well, <laughs> can't, can't do it. <laughs> get into them. <laughs> you got to get your chin like that. Oh. Uh, thank you very much. That is it. Thank you, Frank. ESPN FC is back on your screens uh, tomorrow as we look ahead to some more stupid questions. So let's stop oh, having sorry. to go at the question asking people. No. MLS Cup preview tomorrow. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.